Welcome to Scholastic Reads, our podcast about books, authors, and the joy and power of reading. I'm your host, Suzanne McCabe, Editor-at-Large at Scholastic. Thank you for joining us. It's scary in our studio. Author R.L. Stein is here. Actually, we're more in it for the laughs today. Stein is with us to talk about the phenomenal success of his Goosebumps series, which celebrates its 25th anniversary this year and is still going strong. Stein, who has gone by such pen names as Jovial Bob Stein and Eric Affaby, is known around Scholastic as simply Bob. Many of my younger colleagues grew up reading his Goosebumps books. That includes communications guru Gina Aspercolis, who also joins us in the studio. Welcome to the studio, Bob. It's great to have you. Well, it's so nice to be here. I hope you're having a scary day. <laughs> well, with you here, it's getting a little scarier. <laughs> I want to start with 25 years of goosebumps. That is a milestone that few perhaps could have predicted. Believe me, I could never have predicted. Back in 1992, when we started this stuff, I would never dream that 25 years later, we'd still be doing Goosebumps books. It's amazing. It's fantastic. And with us here is, as you know, Gina, whose name I can never pronounce. Aspercolis. Gina Unpronounceable. Gina Unpronounceable. That's accurate. <laughs> My office mate who works in corporate communications. She is a huge Goosebumps fan. I want to say she perhaps helped make this such a bestseller. So, Gina, why don't you tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up with Goosebumps? So, growing up, I was a big reader, but I distinctly remember Goosebumps being maybe the first series I really latched onto. And when me and my mom would go to the mall, I would always want to go to the bookstore first. And we would go to the bookstore and I'd look for the newest Goosebumps book. And my mom would buy it for me. I would be reading it walking through the mall. I'd read it in the car. We'd get home, I'd finish it. And then I'd be like, when's the next one? I want another one right now. I would devour them. I actually texted my mom and asked her if there were any distinct memories she had. And she told me one time I just laid on the floor of the bookstore and like read it over my head. And she finally had to lay down the law and say, you cannot read it until we get home. You need to slow down and enjoy them. So I just remember them all being on my shelf, all the <laughs> spines facing out, and I would just stare at them lovingly and I would promptly go to the bookstore for the next one. <laughs> and just how twisted are you? <laughs> You can ask Suzanne. Yes, she sits with me all day. Yeah, yeah. She, she's, wow. She's pretty twisted. My memories, I have bookstore memories of kids crying, crying. Please, can I have a Goosebumps book? No, buy a real book. Oh. Buy a real book. Can I have a Goosebumps book? Oh, the indignity. <laughs> I have, I, that's an actual true story. But <laughs> My goodness. Luckily, no wasn't way. the majority. Oh, you know, when Goosebumps first came out, I mean, nobody had ever done a scary book series for 7 to 12-year-olds. No one had ever done it before. And it was pretty shocking to some people. You want to know th the real funny part? Yes. That I don't talk about all the time is that I never wanted to do Goosebumps. <laughs> really? Yeah. I didn't want to do it. I said, that's a horrible idea, scary books for 7 to 12-year-olds. <laughs> and I, w I was doing a teen series. Um, called Fear Street. It was Teens in Terror. Mm -hmm. And it was doing really well. 
and I I was afraid. I didn't want to do Goosebumps. I thought it would make my audience too young, and it would screw up Fear Street, and I didn't want any part of it. That's the kind of businessman I am. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> didn't want to do it. I then my, my editors kept after me, and I said, okay, if I can think of a good name for the series, we can try a few. And I'm trying to think of a good name. And one day I was reading TV Guide. And in those days, they had the TV listings in the middle of what's on television. And I'm looking through, and there's a little ad on the bottom of the page. And it says, it's Goosebumps Week on Channel 11. And I just stared at it. I thought, that's perfect. We'll call it Channel 11. It's... (laughs) That's a horrible joke. No, I, I apologize. I apologize for that. That's actually where the name Goosebumps came from. And we signed up. We, we signed on to do three of them, I think. And they just sat there. They came out. Um, and no one knew anything about it. No one ever. And they just sat there. And I think in this day and age, with computers and everything, bookstores would have just pulled them off the shelves. They wouldn't have the patience to wait. And then after like four or five months, somehow kids discovered them. I don't some secret kids network of kids telling kids because I there was no hype, there was no advertising for them, no one really knew me, there was nothing, and somehow kids just found them. And I think well, I think that's the way all crazes, book crazes start. Oh, definitely. I think that's the way Harry Potter started. Kids telling kids. You can't really force them to buy something. They have to kind of find it on their own. You see kids reading it in school. Hey, what is that? Can I read yeah. it? You know. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then this amazing thing happened. Suddenly, it, you know, this secret kids network all over the world. Mm-hmm. And there it was. That's great. Do you remember trading books with your friends, Gina, or did you hold on to them? Uh, no way. <laughs> no. I did not give my books to anyone. <laughs> I was like, you'll bend the covers. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now we have some trivia questions for Gina. We want to see just how well she knows (laughs) you. You're going to put Gina on the spot. Yeah, we are. All right. First up, Gina, who is Bob Stein's favorite author? Is it Ray Bradbury? Yes. Yes. Woohoo! That's one. That's one. (laughs) Who are the others? Um, Well, this is bad for my horror image, but my real favorite author is P.G. Woodhouse. Oh, okay. I love those books. Nice. P.G. Woodhouse is a real hero of mine. He lived to be 92, and he wrote 92 novels, and they're all exactly the same. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That is fantastic. You definitely think- know what you're going to get. <laughs> that's, I know. That's why. Why do kids buy series? Exactly. Why do yeah. kids buy Goosebumps? They know exactly what they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Right? Chills and thrills and laughs. And a happy ending. Exactly. I can understand that. If a kid liked the first four Goosebumps, he's probably going to like the next 20 or 30. All right. What is Bob's biggest fear? Okay. I think it's water or drowning. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, I grew up in Ohio. We didn't have any water. <laughs> we don't have any water in Ohio. I didn't see the ocean until I was 19. I saw the ocean from the boardwalk in Atlantic City oh. on a family vacation. It's the first time I ever saw the ocean. Wow. No, we didn't. I, I have a grandson now. He's three, Dylan. He's three years old. He jumps in the swimming pool. He swims across. I couldn't jump in for anything. 
And uh, he's three years old. He swims underwater. He swims. I think I was 12 when I finally let go of the edge of the pool Aww. and floated. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, that, that's that's good answer, you know. All right, I did a deep dive do? to prepare. <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> All right. What was Stein's pen name when he first started writing for Scholastic? I visited our Scholastic archives a few times, and I think it's Jovial Bob Stein. Um, back when I was funny, <laughs> yes. I had a lot of pen names, a lot of stuff I didn't want to put my name on. Actually, one of my first jobs in New York was writing for this men's magazine, which was kind of, it was like maybe, they would give me like a photograph, and I would have to write a story to go with the photograph, right? And I was, but I was you know, getting $50 a story. And so it was good. Here I was in New York, I was writing, and it was a horrible magazine. They'd give me these photos. And I used to uh, hand in the articles and I would put, I would sign them with my high school principal's name. <laughs> <clears throat> and some of them I put my brother's name. Oh. But I would never use my own. But that was that. That's a good tactic. All right, that's pretty great. <laughs> Finally, what does the L stand for in RL? Lawrence. Yeah, that's too easy. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, too easy. Kids, <laughs> kids always, that's their big question, you know. What does RL stand for? And then they expect something kind of cool or maybe something creepy. And then I say, Robert Lawrence. <laughs> you know, it's my boring name. Let's go back a little bit to Columbus, Ohio, and tell us about your parents. Do we have to? They sound like quite the characters. <laughs> what, my parents? Yes. But they didn't understand me at all. I started writing when I was nine years old, and I dragged this typewriter into my room, and I was just typing in my room all day, typing these funny little magazines and typing jokes. And they just absolutely, they didn't understand what was going on. At all. Especially if you were typing with just one finger, they might have thought I you never were learned how to type. <laughs> so I actually do type with one finger. I've written 300 books with this finger. Oh my gosh. With Is it insured one. by look, No, but of look London. at it. Look at it. It's totally bent. It's to Look, it's ruined. This is good for a podcast. You see, this finger is ruined. So my mother would stand outside my door and she would say, What's wrong with you? I'm in there typing. She said, What's wrong with you? Go outside and play. Go outside. And I'd say, it's boring out there. Type, 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 right? <laughs> well, that was probably, I was on a panel once, and someone said, what's the worst advice anyone ever gave you? And I think that from my mother saying, "Go out, stop typing and go outside and play might be the worst advice I ever got in my <laughs> life, right? Oh, my gosh. People ask where Slappy the Evil Dummy comes from. When I was like two or three years old, I used to take a nap every afternoon, and my mother would uh, read a chapter of a book to me before nap time. Nice, very nice yeah. thing. But for some reason, I'm this little tiny guy, right? She picked the original Pinocchio to read to me. And now the original Pinocchio is incredibly violent. And there is a scene, see I'm still talking about it, there's a scene where Pinocchio takes a big wooden mallet and smashes the cricket, just crushes him. What? And then, yes, and then Pinocchio falls asleep with his feet on the stove and burns his feet off. Oh my 
goodness. And I'm this little kid. <laughs> I'm saying he burned his feet off. Now go no. take your nap. <laughs> Maybe you see why I write horror, right? Did your mother tell the story with relish? <laughs> My goodness. Well, I read Peter Rabbit or Peter Cottontail or the one yeah, whose father no, ends yeah. up in a meat pie. You know? <laughs> That's pretty great. But you did have, was it a quarry behind your house that you and your brother visited that was no, a little we scary? Have, we had, uh, a, we lived in a time, we were very poor and we lived in a tiny little white house. And it was three doors from the railroad tracks. But back behind our house were these woods. And in the middle of the woods was an enormous mound of white stones, smooth white stones. And no one knew how they got, what were they doing in the middle of the woods? And all the kids in the neighborhood, we would all play on this mound. We would climb it, we would meet up there, only in the daytime. No one ever went there at night because we all, all of us believed that someone was buried beneath the mound of stones. We all believed that. We were sure. What else would it be doing there? But all day long, we'd play there. We didn't care. <laughs> no one cared. <laughs> that sort of reminds me, I read a bunch of the Goosebumps books this week to prepare for this podcast. And <laughs> yes. I noticed a trend how the kids would encounter something scary, like in Let's Get Invisible. They'd turn invisible, and it would take longer and longer for them to come back. But they would keep doing it. <laughs> so <laughs> even when they encounter something scary, they're like, but we're just going to keep doing it. <laughs> well, yeah, because we have a whole book to fill. That's true. <laughs> They've got to get to the That's ending. True. <laughs> they have to keep doing it. <laughs> we, Gina and I both noticed there's also a lot of bullying in the books. Yes. Kids are really. I love writing bullies. Because they always get I their love come writing bullies. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, they don't get their comeuppance. Well, Carly Beth scared those boys pretty bad when she yeah. had her mask well, on. Well, that's true. That's true. Which was pretty satisfying. That's true. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just think bullies. Well, I was a bully. My Were you? poor brother, my little brother. <laughs> I knew just how to make him cry. Sad. But, uh, <laughs> Read him Pinocchio. So I, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, bullies are fun. I, you know, I'm writing horror novels, so mm -hmm. they're good for horror novels. I don't know if we need to ask you how you tap into the fears of children, but... <laughs> I, well, I have a good memory. I, it's a very fearful child. I was, that's why I stayed in my room typing, I think. I was scared of all kinds of things. I was very shy and just scared. Something was in the closet. Some, I used to, at night, I would throw my bike into the garage because I knew something was lurking in the garage and I couldn't park it in. I had to throw my bike in. And I, luckily, I remember what that feeling of panic is like, what it was like to be a scared kid. And I try to you know, transfer that to the books. I'm interested in the craft. I mean, these books are so beautifully crafted. So they're for seven to 12-year-olds the style, the writing, the simplicity, the suspense. Mm -hmm. How did you develop that? Well, you know, I worked at Scholastic. I was an editor here and wrote for magazines. And I had to learn about reading level and interest level. And I learned the whole Dale Chawl method. I don't know if anyone still knows that. And I learned how to write at a fourth grade level or how to write at a fifth grade level, what the vocabulary would be. And for a while here at Scholastic, I did a magazine, a social studies magazine, and it was for junior high kids who read at a fourth grade level. So they were reading below their age group, and I had to learn how to, how to write 
at a fourth grade, have the vocabulary and the sentences at a fourth grade level, but the interest level had to be higher so they'd be interested in it. So that helped me a lot when it came to Goosebumps. And I knew how, just how to do it, how to keep it easy for kids to read, and, but not patronizing or anything. And it's basically a fifth grade level, Goosebumps. It wasn't Search Magazine, was it? Yes. I, I, win, a, I win a trivia point today. <laughs> great magazine. Great, great magazine. <laughs> I was 28 years yeah, old. Yeah, I was yeah. the youngest editor at Scholastic. I was the youngest magazine editor at Scholastic. That I magazine was a masterpiece. And it was, well, you're very kind. Yeah, I know, it truly you're was. very kind. Yeah. But it was, you know, it, was, it, it did what it was supposed to do. Yeah. It got them interested and it was, they could read it. And that's, that's what we do with Goosebumps. No hard words, no challenges. There are no challenges in Goosebumps. We don't try to teach them anything. <laughs> People are saying, well, what's the moral of these books? There are no morals in these books. They don't learn anything except they learn it's fun to read. That's all there is. There's nothing else in them. <laughs> That's still a great lesson to learn. <laughs> well, yeah, I th well, I think so. That's <laughs> been my career, <laughs> not teaching them anything. <laughs> Gina knows a lot. She yeah. read your books. <laughs> I read seven this week to lead up to this podcast. Oh, oh and my God. <laughs> and I found it interesting. I probably hadn't touched some of these books since I was in middle school. And I the humor and the scares... I feel like they sort of like inverse for me. There was a line in Welcome to Dead House number one where the main character, she's thinking how just before they move to their new home, I'll never eat breakfast in this kitchen again. I'll never watch TV in this room again. You know, morbid stuff like that. And that just made me laugh so hard as an adult reader. But as a kid, I probably was like, that's so sad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so right. I just found it interesting. Some of the thoughts the kids had that really like struck me as humorous and mm -hmm. You know, how some of the scary parts, like just someone getting beat up by a bully, I was like, what? No! Like, it was scary to me as an adult. So I just found it so interesting how some of the things completely inverse. But I could still understand everything because I was a kid, and I totally remember having all these feelings. You know, moving to a house, a new house, would be like the end of the world. So I just yeah, found most Yeah, most horror films begin with that, right? Mm-hmm. Moving to a new house. Yes, or a new <laughs> circumstance. At least... 70% of all horror films mm -hmm. begin with moving to a new house. Including Goosebumps. Including in the Goosebumps movie, yes. of course. <laughs> <laughs> what has it been like seeing your characters and storylines come to life across so many different mediums? Well, it's pretty amazing. I never, of course, never dreamed of being a character in a movie. <laughs> That's very weird. <laughs> yes. You know, Jack, yeah. my evil twin, Jack Black. He's up there. <laughs> He's me. That's very strange. It's been wonderful. I think a lot of authors probably hate it, hate seeing other people mess around with their work. But back when we did the Goosebumps TV show, of course, I couldn't work on the show at all. I was writing a Goosebumps book every month, doing 12 a year. And so it was fun for me to see what others would take a book, and other writers, and what directions they would go and how they would handle it. That was really fun. That was interesting. And of course, I always loved it when kids would come up with to me back when the show was on and say, oh, the book was much better than the show. I loved that. 
<laughs> That's the best. I always loved hearing yeah. that, yeah. The shows are all available. They're all still around. They're on Netflix. And uh, everyone loves seeing Ryan Gosling in Say Cheese and Die. <laughs> they love, we used every kid in Canada. You know, it was a totally Canadian <laughs> oh, production, right. the Goosebump show. And we used every Canadian actor, every kid. <laughs> it was amazing. And there he is. He's in uh, Say Cheese and Die. Wow. So wonderful. anyway, that, that was a lot of fun. I've been so lucky with television. And I was so lucky with the movie because it turned out to be good. Yes. <laughs> How often does that happen? And you were in it. You yourself. What? I had my four seconds. <laughs> that was sad because I told everyone I was on for five seconds. And it turned <laughs> out to be you. only four. Oh. <laughs> well, they were a memorable four Maybe the seconds. second. Maybe I'll get five seconds in the next movie. I was terrified during that movie. I was so scared my heart. Where you racing you were, the did you think thing. it was scary? I just thought it was funny. Well, it was funny, but I also was scared. Yeah? Yes. I would have, uh, honestly, I would have made it scarier. I would have made it scarier. Really? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was, the emphasis was totally on the funniness because you got Jack and uh, Dylan Minnette, who now, of course, is a superstar. He was very funny and very droll in it. And it was mostly played for laughs, even the monsters and everything. But uh, I, my two-year-old grandson watched it. He watched it about <laughs> ten times. He was two years old. He was he was two. He said Jack Black, Jack Black. <laughs> he was like I. But I would have made it scarier. Oh my gosh! Well, I no think... no one asked me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is your magic: humor and fear and scariness all rolled into one, right? It was great to see it. They they actually captured that. Yeah, you know, a lot of times we do TV shows or something. They don't get the funny part; they just do the scary stuff. Uh And the Goosebumps movie and the Goosebumps TV shows, which are, as I said, are all on Netflix now. Mm -hmm. uh, They they had that balance of scariness and funniness, which was terrific. Well, what about your young fans? What are some of the funniest letters you've gotten from them? The mail is amazing. I mean, it's my favorite part. Uh, a little while ago, I got a letter from a girl, and it said, Dear R.L. Stein, you are my second favorite author. <laughs> that was the whole letter. <laughs> Did you write back? I get, well, they all get answers. <laughs> Dear R.L. Stein, when you visited my school last week, I'm the one who stepped on your foot. <laughs> Do you remember me? Oh, my gosh. I, did, I do remember that kid, of course. Oh, that is... Funny. No, the letters are great. Yeah, yeah. Dear R.L. Stein, your family and friends are proud of you, no matter what anybody says. <laughs> <laughs> now, since you said Goosebumps was born in 1992, it's technically a millennial. So yes, I guess. Okay. 90s kids. I love 90s kids. Gina has updated some classic Goosebumps titles for millennial readers. Here we go. Gina? Mm-hmm. Say cheese and die, Snapchat and die. Okay. <laughs> Stay out yes. of the basement, move into the basement. Mm-hmm. Be careful That's what funny. you wish for. Be careful what you swipe for. <laughs> That's a Tinder yeah. joke. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We got it. <laughs> Why I'm afraid of bees. Why I'm afraid of bays. Oh. oh very sweet. So that's what Very I Very nice. How about yeah. you, Bob? Do you got any? No. <laughs> Absolutely you, not. How do you contend with your millennial fans? Though, what? Right? I, just, I have to worry about real titles here. 
<laughs> How do you come up with one more, one more? There are about 130 titles so far. Yeah. How, oh, another title. Another Halloween book. I can't write another Halloween book. It's impossible. You know how many slappy books there are? <laughs> I actually counted them. There are 11. Wow. Good God. And a whole arc now. And now it's, well, now for to celebrate the anniversary, we're calling it Goosebumps Slappy World. Mm -hmm. And the first one was uh, Slappy Birthday to You. <laughs> and th there's one coming up called I Am Slappy's Evil Twin. That's coming up in a little bit. But there are 11 Slappy books. And believe me, trying to come up with a plot for a dummy who comes to life, no, the kids don't know it, he's alive, then they do know it. That's it. That's the plot. Horror <laughs> Somehow we got yes, 11 books out of it. Oh, my God. Tell us a little bit about your wife Jane's role as your editor. Jane is tough. Yeah. Jane is, she actually, you know, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, my wife is my first reader. And no, Jane gets paid to be my editor. <laughs> And if you think living with being married to your editor is a nightmare, <laughs> it's a nightmare because she's really a tough editor. And she, I always say she's like a hockey goalie. Nothing gets past her. Nothing I gets past her. I loved when she wrote psychotic ramblings on one of so, your manuscripts. Oh, that, you love that. Easy for you to say. You love that. I, get, I turn in a manuscript, and then I get it back, and it says psychotic ramblings on the top. That was the only editorial comment. Oh, my god. Did gosh. it say dinners at 7 on the bottom? <laughs> no. She's out. I, once I was on the Today Show, and it did really nice. It was really good. And I came home, and there was a note from Jane on my desk, and it said, you were great. Now plunge the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Her whole <laughs> job is to keep me humble. That's her, no, it's her whole job, just to keep me humble. Uh, that reminds me. I heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true. Did your son um, extract money from kids in order to ha yes, have them? Yes, he did. <laughs> Matt, he would come home. He never read one himself. Never. He'd bring them. That was his way of just making me crazy. He just knew it would, and he never read a Goosebumps book. He was the right age and everything. But he'd bring them to his friends. He would come home. He'd say, Dad, you have to put Will in the next one, <laughs> or you have to put James in the next one. And I think they paid him 10 bucks. <laughs> he was like cashing in. <laughs> And of course, I always did it. Like father, like son. <laughs> yeah, um, I had. Now he does my website, so he has to kind of keep up with stuff. But um, yeah, he never. He read only Garfield comics his whole childhood. That's all he read: Garfield comics. And then he went off to college, and he was an English major. Wow. He bragged in the New York Times about not reading my books. He bragged about it. What an interesting way to rebel. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm well, I know. I will tell you that a lot of authors' kids do that. Oh, really? A lot. I knew a uh, Lily Vonnegut, Kurt Vonnegut's yeah. daughter, was a huge Goosebumps fan, <laughs> and we were having dinner over at their house, and she wouldn't read him. She wouldn't read her father. He was Kurt Vonnegut, <laughs> and she wouldn't read him. There has to be a lot of pressure on kids when their parents are successful authors. My son is amazing. I have to say. He's That's dealt great. with it. I don't really, yeah. he's yeah. been amazing with it. And he found his own thing to do. He's, uh -huh. uh, he does sound design for theater companies now. 
Uh, he did the sound design for the new Sweeney Todd production that's down in the village. He was the sound designer. He got three award nominations. He's doing really, I think he actually has a career. One thing we did want to ask you about is your new picture book or your book that's about to come out, Mary McScary. Yeah. The illustrator's Mark Brown. Can you tell us a little bit about it? And I'm having the most fun working with Mark. Mark and I are just having fun. This is our second picture book together, Mary McScary. She's a scary five-year-old. She just wants to be scary all the time. And Mark and I, I we're sort of an unlikely pair, I think. But uh, we just have, we've been friends for a long time. And one night we were having dinner with our wives, and Mark said, we should do a book together. And I said, why? <laughs> Typical fashion for me, you know, didn't want to do goosebumps. And I said, why? I said, Mark, you have such a good reputation in children's books. Why would you want to work with me? And he said, oh, no, we should do a book. We should do a book. So we got together, and we're doing this thing, and we had a lot of, it's just it's been just fun sort of a hobby for me and, you know it's like <laughs> in your spare time. well I have a grandson now you know uh, I have a grandson so um, it and it's she's very scary and her cousin comes over Harry McScary who can't be scared and she does everything she can to scare Harry and then there's a funny ending that sounds <laughs> which sounds I won't adorable. tell it really sounds and I read it I read brilliant. it to my grandson he actually let me, he never lets me read books to him, but he sa- I read Mary McScary to him. He said, it should be Scary Marary. He's three <laughs> years old. He's editing. He's three years old. He's editing me. And he, I read it to him. He sat there and he watched. And I said, did you like it? He said, again, again. <gasps> Wonderful. I, what a victory, right? Yes. But then I realized the only thing he liked in the book are the end papers. <laughs> Mark did all these eyes, a thousand eyes, looking out uh, on the end papers. Uh, and that's what Dylan liked. Yeah. Uh. He liked pointing the eyes, looking at the... That's what he liked about the book. So I recommend the end papers and, and Mary McScary. Thank you so much, Bob. This has really been a joy. I really enjoyed it. Enjoy talking with you both. Great thanks again to Bob Stein and Gina Aspercolis for joining us today. To learn more about the Goosebumps series and Stein's upcoming picture book, Mary McScary, check the show notes or go to scholasticreads.com. Is there a topic you'd like us to discuss? We'd love to hear from you. Send a note to scholasticreads at scholastic.com. To help other book lovers find us, please review and subscribe to Scholastic Reads on your favorite podcast app. Special thanks to producer Emily Morrow, sound engineers Daniel Jordan and Chris Johnson, and music composer Lucas Elliott Eberl. I'm Suzanne McCabe. We look forward to sharing more Scholastic Reads with you next time. 